Like me, Hortense de Beauharnais Bonaparte spent her whole life defending Napoleon. It made more sense during her time because she had been his stepdaughter and his sister-in-law, and people had actual opinions about him back then. In my time, there's just this sort of vague, negative, general impression that people seem kind of attached to. Why I've insisted on talking about this person from 200 years ago has um, confused a lot of people and um, felt natural to me, but I can see that people are a little weirded out by my persistent interest in this dictator. <laughs> and if you read Ortonza's memoirs, which anyone can find on Google Books, you will see that the number one way that people would argue with her and tell her that she was wrong about Napoleon was by calling him a dictator. And people still do that, which is very interesting because people don't really know anything about him. <laughs> I mean, there's the occasional person who's into his wars and kind of gets off on that. Um, I've been to Napoleon conferences, and it is mostly old guys who are really excited about the military strategy, and then there'd be me, somebody who knew a lot about his home life and his relationships. I was certainly the only one. So, dictators are bad, and Napoleon was a dictator. That's the... That's the Cliff Notes version on Napoleon to uh, anyone who thinks that they know about history or Napoleon. At first, Napoleon was the head of a democracy and he had a Senate. France had just come through a revolution which had ripped it apart between the royalist and the revolutionary factions. Not only was France divided in civil war, but France was being attacked by several countries, mostly Austria and England. So France had some pretty serious problems when Napoleon was a very young man, and he was in the military, and his health wasn't that great, and he took responsibility for his family, and he was raising his little brother and he didn't have money, and he had an instinct against participating in civil war. So he spent a lot of time dodging his military duties because he did not want to engage in this civil war on which he would have to fight on behalf of the revolution, revolutionary government against the royalist factions. So the revolutionaries were all about democracy and voting, and having a Senate. After the revolution, a group called the Directoire took control. And they were five leaders who presided over a legislative body. They were incredibly weak. They were fighting these extremely powerful royalist armies from without. They were fighting from within because there were royalist uprisings within France. And Napoleon was maybe 26 or so. 
came to one of these directors of France, and he told this director, who was named Barra, that he had the solution to France's problems, and that the government needed to show more strength against the mob, because the mob had taken control, particularly of the streets of Paris. So Napoleon created a police maneuver that did reestablish order, and through various negotiations, he managed to get control of a insurrectionist, beaten-down army in Italy. And the point of the Army of Italy was to hold Austria back because Austria controlled Italy at that time. So Napoleon basically performed a miracle and not only held Austria off, but took Italy from Austria. So this really got people's attention. This is the first time France had won anything against the enemies. While he was being extremely celebrated for his great victory in Italy, he decided he was going to try to do the same thing in Egypt. England was the most powerful enemy of revolutionary France, and Napoleon always wanted to challenge them on financial grounds because that was the source of their strength. They were making a lot of money through their trade, particularly with India, and they had to come through Egypt. So he went off to Egypt, had a big messy war there, and while he was in Egypt, he realized that the government of France was so weak that he could take his men, go into the Senate, take control. This is in 1799, and he became first consul of France with two other men. There was a Senate. It was a democracy. It was just a, a change of power. So this went on for a few years. And Napoleon found it impossible to do what he wanted to do while fighting with all these people. So he disbanded the Senate. And he became a dictator. But a lot of the reason why he became a dictator was because he wanted to put his laws through, which ensured a lot of liberties that people had not had up to that point. And there were a lot of things that he wanted to get done, and he had to figure out how to usher in this new era, and he had no idea how he was going to do it while dealing with all of these factions that were at war within France. And something else that Napoleon did, which really upset the revolutionaries, is that in 1804, he became an emperor. This seemed to be a complete betrayal of the revolution. Beethoven famously effaced his name from the Eroica Symphony. A lot of people changed their opinion about Napoleon at this point. I don't think Napoleon was particularly invested in being an emperor or being a royal or anything like that. He said he felt that France preferred monarchy, was more their style, and he was hoping that he could integrate better with the other monarchs of Europe if he 
put himself at their level. He felt that it was expedient to make himself royalty. And he also felt that it was his right to make himself royalty because he felt that he was entitled to that by the nature of his uh, integrity and character and talent and genius. And he felt that it was a point worth making, that you don't have to be born to a throne, that you can create a throne and you can occupy it. So there's a lot going on there. If you call him a king who crowned himself or a dictator or whatever, it, what difference does it make? He wasn't born to a throne. He took a throne. He didn't feel like dealing with the Senate. <laughs> so he was a dictator. But he was certainly the very definition of a benevolent dictator because he had the best interest of the people in mind. Always. A lot of bad things happen, there's no question. There really is no one who can rule innocently. But would you rather have a good person running a country or the kind of people that run countries generally? I would prefer to have a, a compromised good person myself. And that's very much what Napoleon was.